The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. You're now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, health heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, health heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Today in the house, I have Melissa Schreibfeder. That's Melissa Schreibfeder. She is a BSN, registered nurse, um, an NC-BC. So what, is all that, what does all that mean, Melissa? I know it's uh, you, you're a nurse. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, the most important thing is I, I'm a nurse, you know, but, but yeah, those <laughs> letters are like, you know, bachelor level, registered nurse, nurse coach board certified. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just a nurse. <laughs> okay. And you got into nursing because why? Well, um, as most of us do, I got into nursing because I wanted to help people get better. But then I quickly learned that um, this is more like sick care and not health care. And there's a lot of things that we do in the system that don't make any sense. Okay. So why don't we go back like you as a little child, what was it like growing up and what was health care to you as you, you know, just tell us about your story. Like, were you on the standard American diet? Was your, was your mom like a hippie? How, how did that, how did you grow up? Um, yeah, yeah. In, in, interesting question. You know, I, I tell my son stories about how mommy grew up drinking too much Coke and eating too many Pop-Tarts. And that's why we eat healthy in the house now. But I, I you know, I was born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s. Um, it really wasn't like common back then to, you know, be drinking water and not eating things <laughs> like Lunchables. And so I grew up on that like standard American diet. I mean, I probably... I don't know how I'm not diabetic right now. I probably grew up drinking like two liters of Coke a day. Um, so I, uh, yeah. So, so when I got sick as an adult, I, I had to go back and like take responsibility for this because I did a lot of really, really bad things to my body. I mistreated my body for years. Um, and, and then um, I, I'm just so thankful that God has um, given our bodies this like magnificent, this magnificent um, ability to self heal. So I've been working really hard the past few years on, you know, using food as medicine um, to work to get my body as healthy as possible. Okay, cool. So pretty much processed foods, which we now know that are uh, processed foods are actually killing about I just had uh, Dr. Joan Iflin on my show. And we know processed foods are actually killing 1.6 million Americans annually, which is over 4300 a day. And um, which is, you know, well over a 911 2996 people died on 911. And people freaked out, but 4300 people a day are dying from processed foods. Nobody's freaking out. They're still buying this stuff. So you and I grew up in that era. And um, yeah, I love Pop-Tarts. You pop them in and they're they're tasty and, <laughs> you know, and it's like you're hooked on that stuff, right? And white bread and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and all that stuff and Coke. And I, I was like a special occasion. We actually had frosted mugs that were frozen, like frozen mugs in the freezer. And we'd pull them out and pour Pepsi and Coke in them and drink them. And they'd get all frosty and um, root beer floats and all that stuff. So I love that. All right. So you grew up standard American diet. And then like, then you decided to become a nurse. How old were you when you went into nursing? 
Well, I, uh, let's see, I graduated from nursing school when I was 27. So I went into it like a little bit later. You know, I started out with like early childhood education, changed careers. So, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. And, and working as a nurse, like, um, even though I was, you know, conventionally trained, I um, refer to myself as being an ignorant nurse in the beginning because I just believed whatever I learned in nursing school. And now I'm realizing how much I really was lied to and how much, you know, big industry really does have an impact on, you know, nursing and medical education, education in general. Um, but I found that just the environment of working in nursing and working in the hospital. These are really, really toxic environments that don't promote health. Yeah. So what, so you, now you become a nurse um, and you go into this, were you like all excited to when you got, when you finally got to the hospital and you started working or what was wow. it like when you first got there? Yeah. Yeah. So actually my first clinical rotation, and if there are nurses listening to this, you're probably nodding your head. My first, I was so excited to get into nursing school. And then I finally do my first uh, clinical rotation in the hospital. And I was like, good God, what have I gotten myself into? Because <laughs> just the energy when you go into the hospital is just bad energy. Um, there are nice people that work there, but it's an oppressive system, you know? So there's a lot of people who are there that are unhappy. Unhappy people are usually not very nice people. And then the hospital environment um, the best way I can describe it, it's just kind of icky, you know? I mean, you walk in and you smell all these like bleached chemicals. There's nothing pretty about it. Um, it's just, I, I, fluorescent I, I, lights, toxic fluorescent I, yeah. lights. Well, yes. And we have these four people, um, these four sick people that they're inside all the time, but they don't get to go outside. And then literally everything that we feed them is junk. We don't give them anything, and you know, and this, this, a lot of times hospital food is kind of on par with um, what we feed to prisoners. Like it's like highly, highly processed, like the cheapest food that you can get. Um, and then we're giving people who are um, elderly or who have cancer things like insure, which are loaded with sugar and chemicals. Yeah. And you know, so even though I was conventionally trained, I wasn't completely awake yet. I I could I could see that okay you know why are we giving this person who just had a stroke um you know uh chocolate cake and a coke <laughs> does this make sense no it doesn't yeah it's kind of crazy i know it's it's like people you know going in to um hospital with cancer and then they give them jello which has cancer causing food dyes in it. And I mean, you have to pause and think about that for a moment. Like you're, you're, you're going to a place to help you like help you get out of this situation. And they're actually putting something in your body. It's input to your system that actually causes the problem. Well, and, 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 and also, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to um, say that uh, th this system thrives and grows when we are sick, <laughs> you know? So, um, you, you know, yeah, there, I, I remember my, my best friend had, um, she's fine now, but she had stage three breast cancer and her dietitian told her it didn't matter what she ate as long as she was just eating low fat. Yeah. Yeah. I remember talking to, um, 
my dad's uh, surgeon when he had cancer and he had to have cancer melanoma removed from his scalp on his head. And I was like, so what should my dad be? You know, I knew I was kind of like setting him up, but he didn't know it. But you know, um, I was like, so what should my dad be eating for um, uh, so that he can make sure that, you know, he's in his best strength for the surgery and all that stuff. And then afterwards, so this doesn't come back. He's like, oh, well, um, well, you know, you should probably, uh, um, you know, not really change anything. Just keep doing what you're doing and uh, and uh, and eat a lot of protein. Yeah, that's it. Eat a lot of protein. And um, I was like, oh, okay. So just don't change anything. He's donuts and muffins and all that's okay for for health. And just he's like, yeah, just don't change. Don't rock the boat. You know, just eat a lot of protein. I'm like, can I ask you one more question? He's like, yeah, go ahead. And I was like, so what about supplementation? What should he what should he take? He's like, Oh yeah. Supplementation. Um, well, you know, uh, he probably should, uh, take, uh, like, a you know, probably a, a good multivitamin, right? Yeah. 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 That's it. Take a good multivitamin. And my mom's like, like Centrum. He's like, yeah, Centrum. That'd be a good one. And, um, and he goes, yeah, I should probably do that myself. And it's like, okay, well I got to go. And he's out of there. Right. And then my mom's like, Oh, Centrum. He told me to take Centrum. And I'm just like, are you at, I mean, it's like, you see the difference in like the viewpoint, like the indoctrination, like sitting there looking at these people like gods and you've known them for 10 minutes, the whole thing, it just drives me crazy. And I'm just like, this guy's when it comes to health, he's a fool. He might be really good at doing surgery and that is a necessary deal once in a while. You do need it. Like if you had a, I don't know, like a, a tumor in your colon, um, you might need to get that removed and you know, you might have to have surgery for that, maybe some targeted radiation so that you can poop until you can change your lifestyle and let your immune system sandpaper away arrest those those rogue cells. What's your thought on that? So um, the white coat is so incredibly powerful. And uh, I, I think it's, um, you, you know, I don't mean to be so negative about the conventional medical model, but I just can't help myself. <laughs> I think well, it is. It, bottom line is, is it is what it is. And I always say the disclaimer, it's like, look, the doctors and nurses are the good boys and girls in this equation. They originally went there to help people. Like you said, you got into nursing because you wanted to help people, but then you got into a broken system and that's the problem. So it is what it is. So we, you know, we'll just talk. You just have to tell the truth. I mean, that's what it is. It's, there's no bounty. You can't just beat around the bush anymore yeah. about this stuff. People are dying. Um, yeah. And, and that's kind of what, um, you know, I, I have to reiterate this to the clients that I work with. Um, when I onboard new clients in my practice, I'm always asking, asking them, who is your primary care provider? Do you like your primary care provider? Because the thing is, if I'm working with um, my client and we're doing all of these like lifestyle and um, nutritional modifications to get them better, and then I'm doing testing and I find things like, you know, potential mold, Lyme disease, EBV, all these different things, and we're working to heal the body. And then they go to their doctor in the white coat that says, that's stupid and that's not going to work. There is something um, that people put so much faith in this like um, authority figure, you know, when really like, I mean, I personally believe that like our faith should be in God and that we should believe in the body's like it just amazing capacity to heal. But um, these white coats, these conventional medical providers, um, they become part of the problem when they are so incredibly indoctrinated and burnt out and they can't admit when they were wrong. And um, I, I will say like, 
in the beginning, when I first started my practice, I used to make um, excuses for them. And I would be like, well, they just weren't trained in diet and, you know, lifestyle and things like that. But the kind of behavior that I have seen throughout COVID the past like couple of years, there's no excuse for that. I mean, there have been so many um, referral providers that I've, I've basically had to fire because I'm like, I don't feel safe <laughs> sending my referring my clients to you because you're you know making really like irresponsible um recommendations to them you know i just pulled up um an itrogenics study from 19 basically around 1995 1997 some some papers it was an abstract put together so itrogenics is um you know basically death by they've called it death by doctor death by the hospital mm -hmm. and and it it it, it it goes over a bunch of stuff so I just want to read this because this isn't just Melissa and I. I mean, she was in in the trenches. I've been in the trenches, not at the hospital, but I've, I've been to the hospitals a lot with with you know family members and pay, and, and clients. And um, this abstract says it's a this is a definitive review and close reading of medical peer reviewed journals. So this compilation is not just some BS somebody threw together. And government health statistics show that American medicine frequently causes more harm. Then good. Then remember, guys, this is uh, this is back in the late nineties. It was like twenty six years ago. The number of people then having in hospital adverse drug reactions (ADRs) to prescribed medicine is two point two million. That was from Dr. Richard Besser of the CDC in nineteen ninety five. Said the number of unnecessary antibiotics prescribed annually for viral infections um, was twenty million. Right. So a lot of people don't realize that. They don't even know what they're doing because, you know, antibiotics work on bacterium. They don't work on viruses, but they give them to you anyway. And then those antibiotics destroy the gut microbiome and destroy your immune system. So 20 million people's immune systems got destroyed by going to the hospital. Um, that was Dr. Best in 2003. Now refers to tens of millions of necessary antibiotics um, later. So it, it becomes even more. The number of unnecessary medical and surgical procedures performed annually was 7.5 million. The number of people exposed to unnecessary hospitalization annually is 8.9 million. The number of total itrogenic deaths shown in the following table, 783,936. It is evident that the American medical system is the leading cause of death and injury in the United States. Let me repeat that. The American medical system is the leading cause of death and injury in the United States. And the 2001 heart disease annual death rate is 699,697. And the annual cancer death rate is 553,251. Now, those numbers are um, ex way more now, but this is a, a study that was done like 26 years ago. And then the cost is crazy. You look at those, the hospital ADRs, 106,000 deaths, 12 billion, medical error, 98,000, 2 billion, bed sores, 115,000, 55 billion, infections, 88,000, 5 billion. Malnutrition, 108,800. They don't even have – this was from the Nurses Coalition, but they didn't have uh, a cost associated with it. Outpatient ADRs, um, almost 200,000, $77 billion for that one. Unnecessary procedures, $122 billion. This is the cost to, to what we're paying to get sick and paying to get hurt. Surgery-related, $32,000, billion total, 783,936 deaths. A total cost to the Americans uh, that are going in to get help. It costs us $282 billion to kill almost 800,000 people. So I guess that might let that might let it sink in a little bit, doesn't it, Melissa? 
So um, this is it's a NASA system that profits when we're sick, you know? Um, yeah. And, and I will say like, ah, one of the silver linings of COVID is more people are waking up to like, okay, what my doctor's recommending for me actually doesn't make any sense. And if you work in healthcare, or even if you have family members that you love that went mm -hmm. down this route of surgeries and medications, we know good and well that the more medications an individual is on, the worse health outcomes that we're going to have. And a lot of times the things that people are being medicated for um, are really just caused by, say, latent nutritional deficiencies. A lot of people yeah. that are suffering with like, you know, mental health disorders and um, anxiety are really low in magnesium and have very high inflammatory markers. We know people that have autoimmune conditions. Um, there's a connection there between underlying stealth infections and intestinal permeability, yet this medical system, um, and we see this in the medical literature, that there's at least a 17-year time lag, lag from when we discover a new concept in the scientific literature from when it gets implemented into standard of care, uh, standard, uh, of care guidelines. I would argue but that lag is even more significant because, for an example, um, the cancer industry, like the pharmaceutical um, revenue from the cancer industry and all of these people developing autoimmune disorders, and then the type of like um, political power that these big industries have over the standard of care of guidelines, the um, medical education, the hospitals, um, they're going to do what they need to do to protect their profits. Um, so I think even though we know how to resolve a lot of these disorders, there's going to be a lot of, of pushback. And what people are um, seeing now is to actually be able to reverse chronic disease processes, you're really needing to go outside of the system. Because when you continue to use your health insurance um, for your provider to get reimbursement for that, they have to follow the standard of care. And <laughs> the standard of care um, has been corrupted by big industry and is completely yeah. outdated and is really not in the um, best interest of the patient and the vast majority of the time. Well, it's it's based on a basically a two box model that was like turn of the century. It's the innate and the adaptive. And that's the innate immune system and the adaptive immune system, that is like a hundred year old, maybe 60, 70 year old view at best. And everything's based around that. So the lag time is much longer, like you're saying. And just remember, seven out of 10 doctors prefer camel cigarettes. Right. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Look it Those up, people. I mean, it's like, <laughs> just go look at the old cigarette ads and stuff like the doctor cigarette ads. In fact, I wonder if I could just type it in here real quick. And then we're going to have to go to break, but doctor cigarette ads let's see what pops up yep there they are type it in doctor cigarette ads and then hit images and you're gonna oh, see and... all kinds of 2679 physicians say luckies are less irritating it's toasted and there's a picture of a doctor holding up a pack of lucky strike cigarettes um viceries filter the smoke as your dentist i would recommend viceries and there's a picture of a dentist in a white coat he's holding it out um why physicians call our new brand uh, wait Look at this one. Oh my God. I have to pull this one up. Why physicians call our new, why physicians call our new brand. Oh, a health cigar. I recommend Thompson's mellow. Well, cigars to anyone who are interested in regaining or keeping a physical fitness. I am convinced that irritants such as nicotine, glycerides, abunamoids, and carbons dangerous when used in excess by those who are physically below par 
are largely removed from the Thompson's Mellow Well cigars. Many former patients, friends, and others who have con consulted me and who ordinarily would be obliged to greatly curtail smoking are now enjoying their usual allotment of cigars in Thompson's Mellow Wells with no loss of satisfaction or good health. Signed, G. Edward uh, Roderig, M.D. <laughs> it's like, dude, you guys have to go look this shit up. Doctor cigarette ads. And there's tons yeah. of them. Now, scientific expert. evidence on effects of smoking. Uh, use Chesterfield. It's the best for you. I mean, they will do whatever. It's it's all about money. And it's like Melissa was saying. And this is just one aspect of it, right? So, um, all right. So we talked about that. Um, and again, I doctors and nurses and stuff in emergency room situations, crisis care, very, very necessary part. We need that. It's amazing. It saved my life. I wouldn't be here today talking and being able to rip down the other part, which is broken. It's obviously a broken model. When you look at your children and grandchildren now dying younger than us, we know that we have a problem. And, um, and it's people like Melissa that are helping to change things. She's break She's broken out of the system. She's done her own thing. So we'll come back. We'll go get more into what she's been doing in her life. Um, and, and what she did as a nurse back then that got her to transition into what she's doing today. We'll be right back. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body Turmeric 100 liquid drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution helps against inflammation and pain. Turmeric 100 is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% organic, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with my special guest, nurse, Melissa Schreibfetter. And, um, all right. So we, we hammered on, uh, the medical system pretty hard. I wasn't expecting to do that. I was really excited to bring up itrogenics. If you haven't heard of that term before, look it up. It's death by doctor, basically uh, by the medical system. Um, and, um, I was really happy that we brought, we found Dr. Cigarette ads. So don't forget to look up those when you're done listening to the show today and have some fun because it'll give you some freaking awareness of how deceptive this stuff is. It's all about marketing. It's all about money. It's not about your health. And think about it. If you've been going, if you just, you're new and you're turning into this show and you've been on whatever blood pressure medication for 15 years, did you think you were going to be on blood pressure medication for 15 years? If that doctor has not talked to you about your diet, if they've not talked about movement, if they've not talked to you about grounding and earthing and getting outside and hanging out with people that love and support you and, and making sure that you have clean air to breathe and clean water to drink and fresh food to eat, you don't have a doctor. You have a drug dealer. That's what you have. All right. So, Melissa, what was it like? You you get in there, you know, you went on your first, you know, you started doing your rounds and stuff like that, uh, but you settled in. And how long were you a nurse? So, I've been a nurse for over 10 years now. Like over a decade. Uh, going okay. On, going on about 13 years. 13 years. Okay. 13 years. So, you you were in the hospital setting for quite a while. So what was that? What was that like? Yeah, how did you yeah. settle? So, how did you settle into that when you knew you you know you're walking on concrete, your feet hurt, you got deathly fluorescent lights blasting you. There's no windows. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So actually, my uh, first year of nursing, I started experiencing health issues. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it was the stress of the job. And before I even uh, became a nurse, I had other nurses that warned me. They were like this job is going to take 10 years off your life. But basically, if you go in there and you are a hard worker and you take care of your patients, you're going to get run 
all over. Um, so, um, so yeah, like just totally overworked, underappreciated, not good working conditions. I eventually, um, you know, as I became more experienced, was able to um, work in some like administrative type positions, which were much nicer. And then I got into nursing education. Um, and then I ended up um, around that time. Um, it's been about three and a half years now that I started my own practice. And this has been like, the most rewarding way that I could ever practice nursing because it's just so, it is so frustrating working in that system because every time that you see your patients, they're worse. And um, going into the holistic, the functional side, um, you're seeing people um, recover from disease processes that they were told were impossible. And every time that you see them, they're better, their energy is coming back, their hair is growing back, they're happier. And it is just like, and it is the, it, it's just such purposeful work. And um, what happened? Uh, so let's let's point that out. What you just said, kind of a powerful thing. So you you finally go through nursing school, and and then all the the nurses are like, "Oh, just wait, Melissa. This job is going to take ten years off of your life." I'm like, that sucks. Like that's not the way it's supposed to be. Your career should be like adding years to your life. In fact, I'm a, 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 I'm a complete, I totally believe this and I feel it in my heart and my gut is that when you're doing something you love and everybody can identify with this, you know, when you're hanging out with somebody, maybe as a, a, a really good friend and you hang out and it's like the day just goes poof and eight hours felt like 20, maybe an hour or 30 minutes. It's like, whoa, where did the day go? Why? <laughs> because you were in the moment, you were having fun, you were high vibe, you were excited. Whereas Remember those days when you're in school and you didn't want to be there? Maybe you were sick and it was like tick clock and the clock's tick clock. And you're watching the clock. You're like, when is class going to be over? I'm so, I hate this class or whatever. You just want to get out of there as an example. Or you're hanging around somebody that's a blowhard and, blah, 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 and you're stuck there in a the conversation. You're like, I could be doing anything else besides listening to this, this person, you know? And it's like, so five minutes seems like an eternity, right? So five minutes might seem like an hour. Here's the thing. If you spent eight hours in a day and it felt like an hour, you've only aged an hour. If you spent five minutes with somebody that felt like two hours, you've just aged two hours, right? This is how it affects the vibrational frequency of us, even on a physical level, not just the emotional, but literally it transitions into a physical level into our cells. So if you're, you just went into a job where all the women that are working there are saying, this is going to take 10 years off of your life. That makes no sense because wouldn't it make sense, just just saying, wouldn't it make sense that if you're going to get your health better, you would want to go get that information and advice from somebody that's healthy and happy? So if the system, back again to the system, has created an environment, a toxic environment for these wonderful nurses and doctors that wanted to go in and love and help on people, and they're stressed out, and they are exposed to the fluorescent lights and they're breathing in all the chemicals, right? Um, then how are they going to take care of you the best that they could? They're still going to – they're going to work really hard at doing it. They're going to do their best because they're good people. But after a while, it does take a toll, and that's why people that are working in that profession age so quickly and probably one of the reasons why doctors have a higher suicidal rate than the rest of the population. Yeah. And um, what another interesting fact there is that um, nurses in general are less healthy than the general U.S. population, which says a lot because we have a very sick population. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, 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 it's, I've, I've, you know, went into the hospital setting and you talk to a doctor and like, so what about, you know, they usually don't give you any advice on nutrition. Just, you know, go talk to the dietitian, go talk to the nutritionist. Then you go down and see them. And it's typically a woman and she's typically overweight and typically quite a bit. That's what I've seen. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What have you seen? That was one thing I remember when I was ran, when I was a, a, a newbie in this area, you know, I was in nursing school and clinical rotation. And I was like, why are the majority of the nurses obese with really bad hair? <laughs> and again, remember, um, with, with your hair, when you are unhealthy, when you're stressed, when you're nutrient deficient, the body is not like, oh, let's make nice, beautiful, shiny hair. So they just looked sick and they didn't take care of themselves. And then also, you know, um, and they don't know I how remember, they, they didn't know. Nobody yeah. taught them. Um, well, you know, like I, I got out of nursing school, not even know, knowing about the importance of vitamin D, um, my entire nursing education, I didn't have any classes in nutrition, we basically go to pharma school. And then um, with some courses, like I, I was required to take um, one nutrition class for my prerequisite coursework, but then we have to pay attention to like the fact that when we're taking a nutrition class in like a, a state college, that a lot of the nutrition education is also funded by big government, which has ties with like big, you know, big industry. So a lot of the things, if we are learning nutrition in college are, are very outdated. Well, you brought up something very important, vitamin D, um, very important. It's, not, it's actually not a vitamin, guys. It's a hormone, and it's responsible for about 5% of the processes in your body. And if you go back, I brought this up. It's been a while, but if you go back, it's so funny because you, you remember when it was um, uh, like when people um, – well, vitamin D was called uh, – when people had a vitamin D deficiency, it was called rickets. So they called it a disease. Right. Okay. Oh, your, your child, especially in children, it's, it, it can cause rickets. Rickets is a rare disease. And um, I know the causes are um, like the bones become soft and can bend, and um, and they called it rickets. All it was was a vitamin D deficiency. They weren't getting enough sunshine, basically. And it, it, you know, it could be because once people moved above the forty fifth parallel, we have these seasons, and so we're not getting it. That's why supplementation of a good, you know, colociferol is an example, or um, um, we have that in like our green eighty five formula, but we also have in our V stack for, for, formula lichen. We actually do the lichen form. It's super expensive, but it's badass. And so, and then we did that special process to it. So you need to get that. And so when you're talking about lockdowns or something like that, they're telling you to sequester yourself and don't go outside and don't get vitamin D. For those of you that have darker colored skin, that is like a death sentence. And it's not good for people with lighter colored skin either, but it's even worse because people with darker colored skin can need five to 15 times more vitamin D. Another one is scurvy. Again, scurvy, run from this person. They have a disease. No, dude, they just need to eat some oranges. You know, they need some chickpeas. They need some lemons and some limes, right? So remember the British, they called them limeys because they found out it wasn't a disease. It was a vitamin C deficiency. That's what scurvy was. And so they used to put limes on the ships for the, uh, the British sailors, and they, that's why they would call them limeys. And then the problem was is for very long voyages, lemons and limes would go rancid, and so they were still getting sick and dying. So then they finally went to chickpeas because they could dry them, and then they, you know, they were there, and they would just soak them and then eat them. And so now they can make the long voyages. So it's not diseases. It's pollution, it's stress, and it's vitamin deficiencies. That's what it is, and that's what Melissa's pointing out here. They didn't teach her any of this stuff as a nurse. Uh, and, and another thing, um, we talk about toxicities. 
toxicities create deficiencies in the body. So, and then when we have deficiencies in the body of essential uh, nutrients and minerals and whatnot, we need those um, precursors. So it's like vitamin and mineral precursors for these essential processes in the body, like our detoxification pathways. Um, a lot of people, if they have methylation defects, um, which is a complicated process of detoxification, if you're not properly methylating your B vitamins. You're not getting enough folate. Can you explain what methylating is the process just so it's clear for the layperson? Oh goodness. Okay. Um, I would have to get into chemistry for that, but well, not, not um, that just, deep, but just, you know, break it down. It's like, it's, so it's the body's ability to basically shuttle these toxins out of the body. Sometimes like some people um, have shuttles that work really well to get the chemicals and toxins out. And sometimes they have some that work kind of good and then some that just don't work at all like they need kickstart they need extra help and stuff like that so it's the body's ability and these micro pathways to detox basically yeah yeah and and also what we're seeing is like a, there's a, a lot of the population has what we call um genetic variants or you may hear them called genetic SNPs, such as mthfr um sluggish comt things like that which um, generally, you can have these genetic SNPs and it not be a problem, but if you're living in a toxic environment, these SNPs can start to um, become active and cause a lot of dysfunction in the body to where you're not properly able to, you're, you're basically just not able to detoxify properly. And um, one of the, if you suspect that you may have some methylation defects, um, a marker that you, that, that should be ordered in my opinion every year, um, but a lab marker um, that's called homocysteine, um, if that marker is upregulated, that can be a sign of toxicity, methylation defects. Um, I've had people that came to me that were really, really sick, chronic fatigue, chemical sensitivities. I saw that they had a variety of gut issues, um, nutrient deficiencies, upregulated homocysteine. And I see that some of these individuals do do really well on a nutraceutical complex of um, methylated B vitamins, methylated folate. Um, if people are taking their doctor's advice and going and getting a Centrum, which is probably like one of the lowest quality um, supplements out there, um, those, the, the B vitamins and the folate and the a standard multivitamin are not methylated. And some people have difficulty methylating. And then also um, a lot of people that have these genetic SNPs do not do well with folic acid. <laughs> they cannot properly process it. And that may be one of the reasons why um, so many of these um, postpartum moms go into having postpartum depression is because their OBs are telling all of these women to take these um, poor quality prenatals that have folic acid in it. And if you can't properly convert it, that builds up in the body. And um, we see, for an example, um, with elevated homocysteine levels, a relationship between high homocysteine and uh, postpartum depression and things like that. Well, it's, it's, it's really important. And so you've had to go out and become self-educated, basically. That's what it boiled down to. And you did it for yourself and your family. Yeah, yeah. So I did go through, um, I, I basically had to do, I had to become my own doctor because I wasn't getting help in the conventional medical model it was a total joke. <laughs> and then I went to functional medicine. And still, I think that functional medicine is the future of medicine. But not everybody that is practicing functional medicine is practicing with integrity and not everybody 
understands the interconnectedness of the body. And this was a problem I saw with um, conventional medicine. It's like, you've got a problem, take a pill. When I went to functional medicine, it was like, take a supplement for everything. But it's like, okay, if you need the supplement, why do you need it? You know, we should always be working upstream from that. So it was a variety of doing my own research and, and then doing formal education because I did go and get formally educated in functional medicine, you know, before I started my um, practice and my nursing academy. Yeah. And unfortunately, like I've been in naturopathic offices and 70% of the supplements I wouldn't put in my body after reading the label. So it's like, they're really, people are really good at what they, what they know, but there's certain things that they don't know. And, but those pay a big part because like you said, if, if you, if you have a, if you can't, detox or methylate, then you have to have a different type of vitamin for a certain type thing it has to be methylated as an example. So for it to work, otherwise you're just wasting your time. And Centrum, I don't know if it was Centrum or not, but I actually used to know a guy that owned a porta potty business. This is before I got into health. He's like, Tim, come over here and check this out. And he's like, Shh. and because we were talking about vitamins or something. And he, he literally dumped some poop out of this porta potty and then washed it away in his little pit because he had it on his property. And there was like a thousand vitamins and you could still see the name of the vitamin on the side of it. So a lot of you guys are uh, people, hopefully not my listeners, but maybe if you're new, you're actually paying for vitamins that you just, they go through your body and you poop them out and you never get anything from them. What a marketing machine they must have to get somebody to take something for a health benefit that just goes in point A, out point Z, you get nothing from it. Maybe you get a little chemicals off as it's going by and then you poop it out and you don't even know it. You're pooping out your pills. Unbelievable, yeah. right? And if, say, say you go to your regular doctor and they actually, um, you know, maybe hell freezes over and they actually do check a vitamin D level. <laughs> if they prescribe you vitamin D, it's very likely going to be very poor quality. And um, it would be the D2 form, which we know is not bioavailable. Same thing happens with like, if they prescribe you B12 or magnesium, if they prescribe magnesium, it's usually magnesium oxide, which we know is total garbage. Again, another mineral that's not um, not bioavailable. And also it's like with the supplement industry, um, it's kind of the wild west, you know? Um, if you're taking any type of supplement and you wanna make sure that there's some type of um, third-party testing. And I know, um, Tim, we were talking the other day about how a lot of these like really great companies that functional medicine practitioners are using to get results are now getting bought out by big companies like Nestle. So I think that's another reason why it's good to seek out these like small mom and pop companies that are using really high quality ingredients and refuse to sell out. That way, you know what you're putting yeah. in your body. Well, you and I went through that and you showed me a few of them. We went through and we, we, found a few things in there that was like, Oh my God, you know, it's like, and this is what like a lot of the uh, medical profession is promoting to people. And some of the formula is good, but some of it's bad. Like I said, it's like having cat poop in a brownie recipe. I'm not eating those brownies. It's just not happening. <laughs> it says gross. It's a good dude. analogy there. And it's worse. Um, it's, it's, it's toxic chemicals. It's not just brownies that are, I mean, it's, this is not good. This is not good at all. All right. So you brought up that you got into this, you became your own doctor. I love that. Okay. I love that. We talk about that all the time. We, that's what we want for our listeners. We want you to learn to take the reins. We want you to become your own doctor. We want you to learn how to self heal. That's why I'm here. I'm here to help inspire you and give you uh, strategies and tactics. And hopefully you'll go take action on it because that's how this three-dimensional universe works. You actually have to take action. You have to do something. You can hear something. That's great, but you actually have to do something. Now, Melissa, you brought up that you became your own doctor and in your family and start taking care of your family too. 
And there's a new member of the family on the way, isn't there? Yeah. So I am super pregnant right now, guys. <laughs> I am officially nine months pregnant, expecting a baby girl in October. And I am um, very blessed that I have learned about all of these holistic modalities because I'm really going to do things different this time around. Um, so, um, so yeah, yeah, I'm going to be creating a, um, you know, chemical free baby here. Awesome. That's cool. All right, so let's do this. We'll take a break and we'll let's pick up on that, on that chemical free baby and 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 what you're gonna do differently. And we'll talk about what you did before, what you're gonna do differently. And then hang tight because uh, especially if you're a nurse or if you know somebody that is a nurse, Melissa's actually built out an entire course for functional nurses to become a functional nurse in her academy. And you'll learn all about that when we return. We'll be right back. The average person today is carrying around 6 to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross, but worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health while leaving your good bacteria behind, which is part of your immune system. And there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products, and it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with my special guest, nurse Melissa Schreibfetter. And... Um, She's a wonderful registered nurse, and she's broke free of the sick care model, um, and she started her own practice, and she was actually able to start seeing her patients get well, but the most important thing was that she started with herself. She got herself well, and she wasn't well, and the environment at the, at the, at the clinic and stuff like that where she was working in the hospital just wasn't, uh, wasn't a conducive environment. So now, instead of you can go back to all those nurses and say, hey, guess what? I found a way that I can still be a nurse and not take 10 years off of my life, but probably add 10 years to it. Would you like to hear about it? That would be a pretty powerful message. So that was my message to all the nurses out there. And if anybody's listening and you have a nurse friend, family member, get them over to this podcast. This is a very critical podcast and just have them open their mind a little bit because there are other ways. And remember, nature was here a lot longer before any any you know western medicine or or even chinese medicine or ayurvedic medicine all that stuff were you know 5000 years with chinese medicine and 10000 years with ayurvedic uh, biological engineering system science and the ayurvedic traditional medicine it's like they're using nature and why because we are nature all right so you treat like with like melissa you have been um now you're now now you've got you got this baby on the way why don't you tell everybody like back when you were a nurse in the old in the Western model, what you did with your first baby and the child, let's walk them through that. So they know that you're not, you know, just, it, it makes more sense. Yes. So um, I am fully willing to admit that I was an ignorant and indoctrinated nurse. And with my first baby, I listened to everything that my OB and my pediatrician said, because I truly believe that they were the experts so um, I, of course, um, in the beginning, um, went um, with the vaccine schedule. I even told my family members what vaccines they needed to have to see my baby because my pediatrician had 
Well, my OB had convinced me that if I had family members in close contact with my baby and they didn't have their vaccines, that my baby could die. Um, now I have fear. completely woken up to the fact that um, they're basically using fear to push products. And I don't yeah. think that these OBs and pediatricians, um, I know that there are financial incentives there, um, but I feel like they too are indoctrinated and not educated about this. And they just repeat whatever, you know, HHS and CDC tells them to do. Um, but um, so when I uh, had my first child was, you know, totally conventional. Well, and, and by the way, they have to, because that's their job. That's what they're told to do. Well, you know, and, and again, with with the pediatrician with the pediatrician office, I, I believe on average they're making about eighty k per year from the vaccine schedule because the insurance companies will incentivize them based on a per, certain percentage of their patient population that is vaccinated per CDC schedule. And we need to remember that this CDC schedule is up to about ninety doses of vaccines. When I was a child, we were at 24 doses. My kid, my parents, they were at six. So things have really, really changed. And like we were talking before about 90, tobacco 90. Yeah. And when you're I counting, see. when you look 90. at like MMR, that's, that's, that's three doses in one. So um, there are pediatricians will per schedule will give an infant eight or nine doses of vaccines on one visit. And a lot of these vaccines have aluminum adjuvant in them. And these um, aluminum adjuvants, we know that like we use aluminum adjuvants in, um, in trials to induce autoimmune conditions and things like mice. We also know that these vaccines are not placebo safety tested. Um, they usually, um, when they call something a placebo, it's usually an aluminum adjuvant. It's not a saline placebo like it should be. So there's a lot of tobacco science in the vaccine industry, but I didn't know any of that as a new mom. And um, it was when I got um, really sick. Um, when my son was about six months old, I started learning about functional medicine. And it was actually a functional medicine doctor that was like, Melissa, do you have your child on the vaccine schedule? And I was like, yes, it's safe and effective. And she looked at me and she said, that's BS. <laughs> and she gave me resources because even back then, um, you know, if you're a mom and you're using like a standard Google search engine, you're not going to find it's, it. They make it really difficult to find good research on vaccines. They immediately will reroute you to all of these standard government agencies that happen to have conflicts of interest with big industry. Um, but it was really like, waking up learning about the real science around vaccines that kind of just like lit a fire inside of me because I was so disturbed by this because as a nurse it's it's like the religion of, of healthcare is um vaccinations and they drill it into us that they're safe and effective and when I was working in the hospital you couldn't even discharge a patient without asking them if they wanted their flu or pneumonia vaccine. So um, waking up to that and then learning that like all of these health issues I have been struggling with, um, I was able to resolve so many of them just through getting the chemicals out of um, out, out of my products and um, going organic and actually eating real food. So um, it, it's really been something that like, 
um, this is like the passion <laughs> behind my work right now. And then also I'm making sure that like my children um, are as healthy as possible. So even though with my first child, I didn't know about this in the beginning, I know now, and for any parents that are listening to this, once you know better, you do better. So don't, um, don't beat yourself up over, you know, when you um, were giving your kids certain foods or certain medications or vaccines when you, when you, when you just didn't know, because a lot of us, we were, you know, misled and we were lied to. Well, let me back you up on this a little bit, because there might be somebody on this line listening right now. Maybe you're new listener and you're like, I believe in vaccines. This goes, and I understand mm -hmm. the reason why you believe in them is because you're a good person. You believe in good health for you and you believe in good public health. Your belief system tells you that you should take a vaccine or and everybody should be vaccinated. Whereas Melissa and I are talking about the opposite. But we both believe in good health and we both, we want you to be healthy. I want myself to be healthy and Melissa to be healthy and our, and our public to be healthy. But to back her up, I can, I have two real world examples. Dr. Paul Thomas is an example. One of the largest pediatrician practices in the United States, actually out of Portland, Oregon area. I had him on my show. I got to meet him in person. So he had, he actually did informed consent. Like he literally pulled out the thing and, and vaccines. He, he told them the, the goods and the bad every time. And I can't remember what the percentage was, but it was like 60 or 70% or more opted out. It was a large percentage of people when they got informed consent said no. And they didn't, the people like that were, you know, governing over him didn't like what was happening, but it just was what it was. But if somebody said, no, I want the full CDC schedule, he would do it. He, no question. Just whatever the patient wanted, he would do it. He honored that. He did his job exactly how he was supposed to do it. But he would do complete informed consent, not pushing people one way or the other. Well, what ended up happening was he started – he has some children that had autism and then another one. And he's like, wait a minute. On the numbers here, this is kind of getting off. So he really went into a deep dive and basically found out that – and tested because he had this huge – patient base of all these children that all of the kids through his basically his little clinical trial that he put together that were vaccinated were the sickest of all the kids they're the ones that had all the autoimmune issues and all the throat nose and ear infections i mean it was it was he goes it was so black and white he goes i couldn't ignore this and so but and then he gets his license taken away for trying to just help people show what he what he found right the second thing is that when covid hit there was a complete shutdown. And don't ever forget this, guys. We were completely locked down. Go home. You couldn't even go see your pediatrician. Do you remember that time, Melissa, when people, they, they couldn't go see their pediatricians? Oh, and yeah. Up, and we saw a decrease in the SIDS deaths. Yeah. So what ended up, yeah, exactly. So what ended up happening is uh, the death rate of children significantly dropped when their parents couldn't take them to go see the pediatrician. Think about that significant drop in death when the parents couldn't take their child to go see the pediatricians. Once that was back open again and they could go see the pediatricians, death rates went back up. So those are a couple of real life things that I've experienced. It looks like Melissa's experienced it too. All right. So now you've got this new baby coming. What are you going to do with this uh, chemical free baby, this toxin free baby? Oh goodness. Okay. This well, nutrient dense my... baby, this stress free yeah, baby. Yeah. Um, my, and, and, um, by the way, um, when we talk about, um, the SIDS association, I just wanted to reference, there's a really good study about that, by the way, um, showing that, uh, reported SIDS cases post-vaccination 
75% occurred within seven days of the childhood vaccinations. So, um, and that was uh, from the Journal of Toxicology Reports, Vaccines and Sudden Infant Death, um, an analysis of the VAERS database um, review of the medical literature. So that's a good resource for parents to have because parents are often told that like, there's no association, but it's literally like it's in the scientific literature. So clearly, yeah, I didn't even know about the SIDS part. So that wasn't, that wasn't, that's an added like add on to what I already had learned and experienced just with the overall death rates. Yeah, um, it's, dropping. it's, um, it, it's, it's very dark when you, you got to think about that. That goes back yeah. to itrogenics, that's right? Exactly. It's death by doctor. And it's like taking your child and it's like, God, I just, I, dude, I read some Facebook posts somebody sent me about this long thing and it was her holding her dead child and it was after she got vaccinated and it was just like, she wrote this whole thing and I went there to help you and I love you and, and like, she's like, that's why I'm not going to stop fighting. I mean, for, for this, to make sure this doesn't happen to other children. Yeah. And it was just like, I mean, I had a hard time reading it. It was like, oh, it's, it was it's devastating. And then how well, I couldn't even imagine, like, I, I've, I've had to go through this a couple of times where I had this kid over had he was like 15 or 18 at the time bald his dad was there and another guy and i was teaching the class by myself my wife was gone it was just me and these three guys and then the father hadn't spoke the whole time and then finally he's like you know tim and there were some nights there where i was holding i'll just you know uh tommy and um uh to keep his name uh you know whatever uh silent or secret or whatever and i was holding tommy in the hospital and i actually thought about you know because of all the chemo and the surgery he was just he was like you know, just miserable. And he's like, I actually thought about taking a pillow and just smothering him and, and just putting him out of his misery. And I'm just like, Pfft. you know, I had two kids, they were younger at the time. And I was like, to think about a father having it to the point where you'd want to smother your child to get him out of the pain and suffering from the, what he was going through at the hospital, so-called save his life with chemo and radiation and surgery. And people just don't realize like a lot of these chemo drugs and stuff. It's not that they're uh, there might not be a place for them because I know there there is a small place because I, I know doctors on the other side, they're like certain times like, yeah, you might need targeted radiation for this if there's a blockage in the colon or whatever. But it's 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 like you have to become your own doctor. We have to understand we are from nature. The immune system is a very complex system. And the stress and the detox, the stress and the toxins, the chemicals, all that stuff, and the deficiency in nutrients, these are the three main things that are causing all of our problems. And that's it. It's the social indoctrination. It's the disconnection from from Mother Earth. So, Melissa, you have a this new baby on the way. So, what are your plans? Like, what are you gonna do as a young mom first before you know RN, BSN, NC, BD, <laughs> all the designations? Yeah, all, all my letters. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, no, I'm I'm so excited about this because um, what we'll get well, again, it was just it was just time to have another baby. You know, my son started kindergarten last year. I got baby fever really bad. And I'm, so I'm very grateful that um, even though I am a bit miserable right now, I'm very grateful that we're having a baby soon. But um, I am um, going to be having a home birth this time, which I'm really excited about cool. because um, you know, first time around my um, experience in the hospital was, you know, really traumatic. I was actually my, um, I was um, induced without consent. The baby was taken away from me unnecessarily. Um, he received a hep B vaccine, which again, looking into the science but, and, and the risk versus benefit stratification for that is ridiculous. Um, so I am going to have 
um, a more positive experience this time, because again, when we look about like the things that go on with like prenatal, postnatal recommendations, a lot of these recommendations are not evidence-based and um, are actually harmful. So um, I'm going to bring the baby into this environment um, into like a, a nice environment. Um, I um, now I, I mentioned like in my house, I've already gone like chemical free as much as possible in that house. All of our food is organic. I'm certainly not going to be injecting chemicals into my baby girl because now I understand that um, if the body has an overburden of chemical exposure, that negatively affects the immune system. Wait a minute. Are you um, telling me you're not going to get breast implants and Botox after the baby comes out? Isn't not the, planning on it. Isn't that the it cool thing to do? Isn't that me. in vogue? That's in vogue. <laughs> oh gosh, mm, no, yeah, like the vogue both of those cause cancer, people. Concerns. I'm joking. I am joking. And if you do have <laughs> breast implants, there's a great book you should read called "The Naked Truth About Breast Implants" by Dr. Susan Cole. By the and if anybody knows her, get her in touch with me. I'd love to get her on the show. Please, 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 love to get her on. Um, but, um, but, but yeah, yeah. So, and I, and I also understand that like, um, I, I'm a really big fan of, you know, say, um, if there is some type of, you know, acute illness or something like that and, and infants, homeopathy is a really, really good tool oh, yeah. with, with infants. So like we already have a homeopath, we have a natural medicine doctor. <laughs> I, I have like pretty much all of like the natural health items in my house that we need. So, um, but, but yeah, I think it's going to make a, a really big impact because I remember my son um, around the time that he was getting all of his vaccinations. He was getting ear infections. He was sick all the time. He had consistent GI issues. And I remember asking the, the pediatrician, I was like, can the vaccines cause these GI issues? And they told me, no, but then later I went to go read the vaccine insert and it was a potential side effect. So um, because I know what I know now, I am no longer going to be just like blindly um, trusting this medical model that seems to, um, you know, make more money and be more successful <laughs> the sicker we become. So um, I'm excited to get like, um, you know, an opportunity to, to kind of do this over and go right into it being holistic. That's awesome. And do it in your house like it's been done for centuries, right? In the mm -hmm. comfort of your own home, you got your smells, you got your essential oils there, you got your family to support you. It's There's no fluorescent lights. You probably have good clean air. You can crack the windows. It's just a more, it's it's less stress. It's just oh, less stress. And the, the, the reason I get people in there is because they're like, you don't know what you're doing. You need to come here because of the complication. You could die and the baby could die. Well, Okay, that that is that is a possibility, but you know, a lot of times hospitals aren't too far away anyway. If there's a major complication, right? But if you're healthy from the very beginning, right, and you have a plan and you have a midwife or you know some a doula, these people to help you, and and you're healthy yourself, then you're probably going to have a great experience, and it's going to be it's going to be wonderful. And um, home births have actually been confirmed to be safe. So they there was actually I, I don't remember what year it was, but it was a few years ago. All right, bring out the study. get out the let's get out the nerd statistics yeah. here because this is important. Um, like people like this stuff. But, but, but they saw when they compared home birth um, versus hospital birth that the mortality was about the same, but the morbidity was actually higher um, in the hospital setting. And um, that may be because in the hospital setting, you're subjected to all of these unnecessary interventions. And also mm -hmm. the hospital setting, it's not a natural environment. 
it's a very stressful setting. A lot of things that they force you to do when you are in labor, like laying flat on your back with like this unnecessary continuous monitoring, um, that's not good for the labor progress. So then they're like, oh, you're not progressing fast enough. Here's some Pitocin, which yeah, is- Yeah, you can um, take, artificial... take away the pain. I don't want to feel anything. Like I, yeah. I just want to be numbed. I was on wine for, for my whole life and I, I can't take it. Just give me some drugs. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and like the Pitocin is um, artificial oxytocin, which if you're in a calm environment and you feel safe, the mom is going to be able to produce sufficient levels of oxytocin. But when you stress the mom, the mom doesn't feel safe. The body's going to slow down the labor process. And what they mm. don't tell parents is that the Pitocin that they give the mom can cause fetal heart rate abnormalities. And I actually, um, in the beginning of my pregnancy, I was going to use a midwife that go into like a hospital setting that's a little bit more holistic, but I decided to switch because the OB did not know that Pitocin can cause heart rate fetal abnormalities. <laughs> and it's clearly listed on the insert. So it's kind of shocking. Um, so many medical providers are so quick to prescribe certain medications, which they just don't understand how these medications work in the body or what the potential side effects are. And um, with home birth midwives, um, you know, they bring in emergency medical equipment. They are like seasoned medical professionals. They are prepared in the case of an emergency. And then um, my um, situation, I'm very fortunate because um, I live just five minutes away from a hospital if I did need to transfer. But I feel really like confident about our situation I know and understand the statistics and I'm doing anything and everything to help to kind of support and get my body ready for this process. Yeah. And get out of that stupid fear belief system. That's what it is. If you're, you, if you're operating on fear or if, if somebody's pushing you on fear, like if you don't buy this couch from us today, this is our today price. And it's like, mm -hmm. I am buying from you. You're a jack. That's what it boils <laughs> down to. Like you're just trying to jack me. And it's the same thing. I, I don't operate on fear. Fear is not going to serve you. And it's sure not going to serve you in a birthing environment. All right. So awesome, awesome, awesome. So standard American diet, became a nurse, was told she was going to take 10 years off of her life. And after a while, figured it out yourself. You had a child, old standard way, give them lots of vaccines. If you're not vaccinated, you can't see my kid. Now you've flip-flopped. You've gotten really healthy yourself. Um, instead of not being able to help patients, you're helping patients out of your home get well. And then you broke out of the model. You created a model for a nurse to leave the system and heal themselves and then help other people heal themselves. Like not you. So, and you actually made a business of it so you could sustain yourself and make good money. So this is the, uh, the big kicker here, guys, is she's actually developed a program. She has a program called Functional Nurse Academy. It's at functionalnurseacademy.com. And we're going to talk about this for a minute, but I want to let you guys know we actually are offering this course at Chemical Free Body. You'll be able to find it um, uh, somewhere. <laughs> we'll have we'll have it down there somewhere. So it's I can't remember where they put it, but it's because uh, it's new. But it's there, and it's a, it's a course that you can finish in fast as six weeks if you're a studious person, up to six months, and you could learn all the stuff that Melissa's put together over the last three years. And let me tell you, I've taken a tour of the back office. It's in depth. It is very in-depth and she's going to, well, you can, I mean, I could tell it, this stuff's awesome. So I, cause I know a lot of nurses out there are wanting to get out of that model, but they don't know how. And the cool thing is, is I'm actually going to be helping her very soon 
help the nurses on the tech side because I have a big tech team and we're actually building out a nurses program. We're going to help you nurses do this and work out of your home. And we have big plans for this to take it even further than what Melissa's already done, which is awesome. So you could literally with her program, start your own practice at home, make a good living. And then we want to love on you. So I'm going to come in and I'm going to help start coaching the nurses on their health. Cause we've noticed a lot of them, like she said, are coming out of this stuff. They're not that healthy because of all the stress, the crappy food at the hospital, and then the toxins that you're breathing in the air and all that other stuff. So we're going to help you. I'm going to help you. We're putting a, a big team together. We have nurses on a board with us already. Um, it's formulating. And I'm, I, my guests or my listeners always know, like, I fire and I aim later. So we're putting together something amazing. But you can access her course right there at chemicalfreebody.com. Or if you do end up going to um, the functionalnurseacademy.com, you can just use the code health hero and I think you're like 100 bucks off. So Melissa, there's your introduction on Functional um, Nurse Academy. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it from your side and which, why you did it and where, where your heart from your heart space? Yeah. Wow. So now with uh, Functional Nurse Academy, when I so when I first started my practice being like functional medicine, concierge nurse, I, I kind of decided to blend like nursing with case management, a little bit of like health investigator, because we just need to spend time in assessment, which nurses are good at, and time in research to actually figure out what could be going on with this individual person to create a plan for them to help them to be able to, you know, promote health health and healing in their body. And as nurses, we're so used to spending, you know, a lot of time with our patient population anyway. So nurses are some of the best coaches. So um, I developed a model that worked really, really well. Um, my practice blew up. I got really busy, um, steady stream of referrals. And then um, once people started to learn about my practice, I was hearing from more and more nurses saying, Melissa, how do I do what you do? I want to be a functional nurse too. And then um, with COVID, so many nurses were um, out of work because of these unethical mandates and other crazy things happening in the hospital. Yeah. So there was kind of like a, just a flood of nurses and a higher demand. And around that time, I saw that there were a lot of other like MLMs or other supposedly holistic programs that were still just following certain three-letter agencies. Um, and I wanted to be an alternative to that. I basically wanted to create a program um, to where I'm not just training you in how to practice functional medicine, but I'm also teaching you guys the business side and how to generate revenue. Because my objective for nurses um, taking my course is that this course will pay for itself because it also helps you with the business plan and teaches you how to make money because um, with nurses, we go to nursing school, not business school. So it's a blend of like, you know, how do you actually um, use functional medicine to improve patient outcomes? And then how do you operate like a low overhead concierge nursing practice within your scope of practice in your state? And um, something else that is unique about my course is um, I do teach nurses how they can order lab testing. Um, now, um, you can actually order diagnostic testing functional and conventional testing without being advanced practice. And there's a way that you can do that 
under an, a medical doctor's NPI through a collaborating laboratory. And then there's ways that you, using those labs, you can collaborate with your um, client's healthcare team. So there's a lot of things that we can do under our scope of practice as, as, as really as nurse educators to, to, to get people well and being able to offer things like diagnostic testing into our um, packet our package programs is so valuable because again like when these patients they have all these symptoms they know something is wrong they go to the doctor the doctor tells them your labs are normal but really the truth is that the correct labs were never ordered or they're using outdated reference ranges so I teach nurses how to differentiate between what is optimal and what is standard, because we know the standard reference ranges tend to be an outdated statistical average of the U.S. population. So um, Tim is right when he says that there's there, there's a lot of content um, in the course, but I um, designed this for busy nurses in mind. So like I have nurses that they've been out of work, they want to get back into nursing, they want to hit the ground running. Um, those nurses could easily finish the program and as little as six weeks. If you need to take longer because there are continuing education hours assigned to it, I just request that you complete the hours by six months, but you have forever access to the course platform, all of the materials, and I also provide um, a practitioner toolkit. So that way, when nurses get started in private practice, they have their assessment forms, their patient handouts. They have like a library of like scientific studies and all of these different resources and additional learning materials um, that they can uh, that they can use as resources later down the road. Because um, doing this type of work, we're always going to be learning. Yeah, and on top of it, guys, we're going to help you with the tech. So <laughs> website, um, calendar booking system, uh, health intake forms, all HIPAA compliant so that you can just plug and play, right? Because when you became a nurse, you went to the hospital and they took care of the phone systems and the schedulers and you know bringing the patients to you and all that stuff. So this whole system is designed around that, but there wasn't anybody at the, at, the, at the hospital coaching you on your health. And so this is where I come in and my team comes in and Melissa too, like she's healthy herself. So you're gonna be personally coached because we're gonna help you get healthy. We're going to help you plug and play into a new environment, hopefully out of your home. You could even open up an office space if you wanted to eventually, but I, you just work out of your house um, and you can create a good living, loving on people and helping them solve their problems, right? And you brought up at a very important point before we wrap up here, which is nurse educator. If you guys look up the definition, the root, root word of doctor in Latin terms, it's teacher, and that is not what's happening today. You're not getting taught. You're putting in fear mode, take this pill, later. Your fear mode, cut, later. Fear mode, radiation, later. And you're out of there. They brush, it's just part of the system. It's not, again, their fault. That's where it's at. Where is the education? I mentioned earlier, if somebody's not talking about the air you're, you're breathing, the water you're drinking, the food you're eating, the type of clothing you're wearing, how you're sleeping, the people that you're hanging around, are you getting outside in nature? You do not have a, you don't, you don't, you, you, you don't have a teacher. You have a pill pusher. You have a drug dealer. And and so most people I know is like they love the nurses anyway because a lot of times the, the doctors will leave. I've even been there with with my clients and then the nurse is like, now I could lose my job for telling you this, but don't do what he said. You need to do this, 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 and this. And everybody, they're like, okay. And they listen to the nurse. So these nurses that wanted, that are like that, that have put their jobs on the line literally to help you, like literally, literally, 
they can now have a way to get out and do what they need to do and do it in a natural way. So Melissa, I really thank you for your time. And where's the best place for people to find you? FunctionalNurseAcademy.com. And uh, that's my uh, website for my uh, nurse education program. You can also find me on um, Instagram at Functional Nurse Academy. And then Facebook, it's Integrative Nurse Coaching, which is my functional medicine practice. All right. Check her out there. And again, we have the Academy for sale at the Chemical Free Body Store. You guys can purchase it there as well. Um, I hope uh, if there's any nurses have been listening to this program, I hope you that you do take advantage of that. And we give you a, a little discount for doing it. So, all right. Well, until next time, guys, I want to thank you so much. Melissa, thanks for being here and, and sharing all your love and good luck on the pregnancy. And I can't wait to be a part of this uh, chemical-free baby uh, birthing process. And you're doing it at home. It just makes me feel warm and fuzzy all over inside. And I just, I know it's going to be a lovely, successful deal. And I also want to thank the listeners out there for, for, um, for, you know, tuning in and, and, and listening to me rant and rave about stuff from time to time. But Hopefully you can feel my heart cracking open more every time that we come here because we really do it out of love and we want to give you guys the information again to become your own doctor and learn how to self-heal and and uh, be a free person. And you should be able to do what you want to do when you want to do it as long as it's not you know harming other people and that kind of stuff. But um, I just, I'm really thankful for the listeners and I'm, I'm thankful that you guys have tuned in and I've had a lot of, I mean, a lot of people I've talked to just in the last week that have told me they've been listening to my show for, for six months or three years and and um, they're downloading them like crazy and just really enjoying the content. We, I think I mentioned before we had a, a medical doctor just reached out to me and he was like, wow, you've, out of all the podcast years really blew me away. And a lot of it was, he's like, I like that you're actually speaking from the heart and I know you're a genuine person. So to all the docs out there and nurses, lots of love to you. Um, I hope you um, come over to nature and uh, stick your toes in the water because it is a it feels really good and we really need you to be healthy if you're going to be out there helping other people with their health and we want to help you with that too. So until next time, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs>